Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we're here to talk about Vanity Fair. Do you have a subscription? Sign up today. The pop-up ad will be on your screen shortly. Kitty, Skywalkers, Vanity Fair, The Rise of Skywalker, this photo spread and article... It's got us excited for episode nine, more than I could even um, have imagined. And we're going to dive into that today, taking a look at all the pictures. But more importantly, we've got quotes, we've got full context, and yes, JJ's cargo shorts. We're going to talk <laughs> about all of it today. But we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from. For your iPhone, Android, Kindle, and MP3 player, a little bit later, ever Force Center recommends. Joseph, Jennifer, we're recording here on a Memorial Day a weekend and a Memorial Day in the States. Thanks to all those that have served in the resistance and the rebellion. Uh, but other than that, life adventures, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, lots of uh, Star Wars and life adventures for me, but mostly just uh, looking at screens more than I should. Yeah. I should be having life adventures, but I've been having screen adventures, That's playing awesome. a lot of Battlefront Two. Uh, on May 25th, mm-hmm. you know, it's the anniversary of the release of A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, and Solo. Yeah. So there's been a lot of Star Wars it's celebration, true. and uh, my wife and I took the opportunity to watch Return of the Jedi because we haven't watched it in a long time, and that got me even more excited for the uh, rise of Skywalker, thinking about all the uh, the parallels there uh, to the kind of third in the trilogy yeah. and some, some stuff with Rey and Luke and good connections there, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, and then besides that, uh, I've been watching other media, other TV and movies, and thinking, like, oh, it's nice to take a break from Star Wars. Everyone in these movies is from Star Wars. <laughs> uh, we went and saw Booksmart, which is hilarious oh, and great oh, yeah. if you like a coming-of-age comedy. Billy Lord is absolutely hilarious right. in there. You can you can really see that she is Carrie Fisher's daughter. That's mm. great. There's some great, like, uh, it's not exactly the Blues Brothers, but it's uh, mm. there's some kind of synergy of, like, Carrie Fisher and Blues Brothers, Billy Lord and, and Booksmart. Uh, and then uh, we finally started watching Fleabag, oh. which is Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, right. big thing. So mm. I feel like, yeah, I've been watching... L337 uh, worked through uh, some uh, romantic and family and sexual <laughs> traumas. <laughs> I've heard, uh, in, yeah. a, in a real fun way. Yeah, I've heard uh, a lot of great things about both those things, but yeah. Fleabag especially uh, popping up there. Good to know you got some Battlefront 2 time in. Oh, gosh. Good gosh. Yes, lots. I, lots. Was, I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> so it's uh, so much. I was playing it yesterday. I was uh, streaming it on Twitch, and a couple people popped in and were asking me about what, what do you feel about the hero and villain updates. And yeah. I was like, you're going to need to talk to Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> I'm so torn. It makes it less strategic, but much faster. What's the big change? So it used to be that in heroes versus villains, so four villains, four heroes, and then at all times, one of the heroes and one of the villains would be a target. So there's a lot of strategy. So a good team would be like, Lando's the target, so we're going to have all the lightsaber mm-hmm. people protect, protect Lando. Lando. 
uh, or we're going to decide to be aggressive and like we're all going to go after Kylo Ren because he's the target on the villain side. Um, but so when you had good teams, it was fun and strategic. But on a practical level, a lot of times it was just mm-hmm. Kylo Ren would be the target and he would go hide <laughs> and then you would hear him shouting coward when he was the one hiding in an effing elevator in oh cloud gosh. city where no one could get to him so there was a lot of times where it'd be like when the game worked it was like ah cool uh, you can uh, be uh. really strategic and the smarter team wins more times than not there wasn't a smarter team got it and it just meant that the game wouldn't end because people would hide hide yeah so it's, it's uh yeah, so now it's just straight up, you have 25 kills. There you and go. And people are actually, you know, going to the same location and fighting. That's good. So you're not spending half the game running around Bespin going, where are people? <laughs> no, oh not like gosh. the Buster Bluth hide-and-seek <laughs> championship kind yes. of uh, yes. oh, hiding right. skills. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited because I always like to play with the heavy, and I maxed out the heavy skill level up to 70, and I just kind of accepted that as the norm. It's a lot. It's a, how my life works. I just go, oh, okay, and I just don't go do other things. And someone's like, no. Hey, you can you can go past 70 now. So that yeah. brought me back to the game. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've been kind of obsessing on it because it's nice to play a video game where like, here's the goal. Yeah. You did the goal. Here's a reward, which isn't always the yeah. way it works in Hollywood. No. Uh, so or life in general. Yeah, especially. So when they I had gotten so many people all yeah. the way up to their max and then like now I can go up to a thousand. It's like screw you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I did that and yeah, celebrated the uh, 25th anniversary, not 25th anniversary, uh, 42nd anniversary on the 25th uh, of Star Wars uh, at uh, our friend uh, Owen Mugen's house, a, a producer friend of ours. Uh, uh, he showed a despecialized, mostly despecialized edition of New Hope in his backyard on a digital project- projection screen. And I mentioned this a little bit on, on Star Wars Rank yesterday or, or this weekend, but all of us there without communicating paused and turned around and went, we missed that big scene. The 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 winning yeah. the reunion yeah and it, you feel the loss of that yeah absolutely mm. so glad it's there but a lot of fun celebrating that Phantom Menace last weekend twenty years of uh, wow, time flies so we're celebrating Star Wars having life adventures Jennifer what is yours oh well we've got the new puppy Mala <laughs> which Mala's oh. not here this week and no. it's a little sad I have a, that doggy bed out I was hoping oh yeah. I almost brought her but Miss she's Mala really, and Biggs she's in a mood today chewing up everything <laughs> I, sorry, I forgot about that puppies like to chew uh, yeah yeah. yeah, so that's been uh, a challenge. But we also are going to have a new new member mm-hmm. coming uh, to, uh, to our family coming in August of this year. We hope, we hope it's August. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're talking about a new teammate? A new teammate. A new co-pilot for the Falcon? Yes. Another Padawan? There, there is another. <laughs> <laughs> there is another. Exactly, Pada. yes. Yeah, and we have been calling her Leia temporarily. Yeah, yeah that's been her code name. Wow. Uh, just because we haven't thought of another name at the moment. Okay. Uh, and part of me kind of wants it to be Leia. But yeah, so I, <laughs> I'm with child. Yeah, it's been a yeah. quite a road. Well, it's been quite a road. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations so officially. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I I'm hoping to put up a photo of myself so I can share it with the world, like <laughs> most people do. Yeah, I mean, you, you. I'm sure you've got some awesome Star Wars maternity wear. You know, I 
for, I'm so happy I started buying Star Wars shirts a little bit bigger mm. uh, because now they all fit still, which is amazing. But yeah, someone needs to make Star Wars maternity wear. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of great Star Wars baby clothes and blankets and accessories that were not available when my daughter was born. So oh, really? So, oh, yeah. So I'm stocking up. Oh, wow. You can get like a Numidian Prime Lando jumper for a baby. (laughs) (laughs) They have like really cool blankets at Pottery Burn Kids. That's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A dark trooper, trooper outfit for yeah. a baby. Oh my yeah. gosh. Terrorize uh, Lamu. Well, we, yeah, we are so happy for you. And yeah. it's, it's hard to put into words when I'm like, oh, here's my opinions about Battlefront 2. And you're making a human. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's such yeah. an accomplishment and so cool. Uh, yeah. And, and I guess we should let the fans know that, yeah, you're going to be uh, needing to step aside mm-hmm. for a little bit. But, Joseph, we want it to be clear. That's a that's a maternity hiatus. That's right. Uh, there's going to be a maternity leave uh, for an unspecified amount of time until right. we, you until you know what is right for you, right? Right. Until the baby starts sleeping, which, <laughs> you know, you never know. My daughter did not start sleeping until, I think, like four months. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I've heard that other babies apparently do sleep a lot. Uh, yeah. And that's what I'm putting out in the universe. This yeah. is going to be a really chill, Sleep. sleepy baby. I was the second child and I was, I was sleepy. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, there it is. Yeah. I, I was sleepy too. If you can't tell, I just, yeah, <laughs> I, to, I, sit, I sat by myself quietly for a long time. Really? At like two, three months. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. See, that um, gives me hope. But that's good. Hey, look, there's always, there's, there's portable crib space in here, whatever yeah. you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, yeah, for, for super practical information for mm-hmm. listeners, obviously Jennifer, Jennifer is going to take a break for uh, however long she needs, but it is a break. It's a yes. maternity leave. And uh, we might have like a guest or two come in for a main show or that, but we're not doing any, any Landa replacement, which is impossible. <laughs> it, it can't be done. Uh, yeah, Luke Scrims, no, that's impossible to that one. He is correct. There's going to be no uh, Timothy Zahn clone. Jennifer, yes. they're oh, not going to be in here. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you are. You, you are no Jennifer, yeah. You are the, uh, the part of the DNA of Force Center. And yes, some wonderful Thank voices you. might be coming in from time to time, but uh, uh, we can't wait for Jennifer to get back to, uh, to Force Center when you're ready to come back and, and share your, your, your journeys raising another Padawan in this, uh, in this world. Yes. It's going to be awesome. So. You can't see the fear on my face right now. <laughs> yeah, you're an old pro. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and we're, uh, we're announcing it this week so people know. And then last, tomorrow, last week, tomorrow. last week, tomorrow, I know how to time travel in my mind. Uh, next week will be your, your final appearance for now. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yes. And we still may hear from you from time to time because you're going to be going to Galaxy's Edge. And right. who knows? You may call us from the top of the Matterhorn. Oh, saying, my goodness. Yeah. If nothing else, we'll just read your tweets on <laughs> right. air. <laughs> so congratulations, Jennifer, for uh, that big life adventure. And, uh, well, it's time for you to uh, update us on the news. That's right. A smattering of news this week. Solo may not have broken box office records, but it's still a hit amongst many Star Wars fans. So on the anniversary of the release of Solo, A Star Wars Story, the creator of the Resistance broadcast podcast decided to start a Make Solo 2 Happen campaign on Twitter. And it wasn't long before the campaign started picking up steam, and within a few hours, it was trending. Not only that, the creators and actors of Solo began to participate and endorse the campaign. Jonas Swadamo, who plays Chewie in the film, he said that he's on board, along with VFX artist Rob Bretto, sound editor Matthew Wood, Solo's composer John Powell, 
and writer John Kasdan, who teased what types of stories they can tell if they are able to continue the story. Even director Ron Howard, quote, tweeted the original Resistance broadcast tweet and added a text smiley face. <laughs> so that was his endorsement. <laughs> um, but I don't, you know, all these people behind the scenes, they really want a solo too. They were just so vocal about it, which was great. Uh, but I do wonder, I mean, we I don't think it's going to happen in a film mm-hmm. to the big screen. Could it come to Disney Plus? Or is it more likely that we'll just might see Alden Ehrenreich as Han somewhere else? Yeah, I feel like Disney Plus uh, focusing on Lando or Kira in particular. And uh, the, the tease that, that Kazanov was doing was talking about something about a war with the Crimson Dawn logo. So I think right. he's got some ideas in mind that it would really be about what are Kira and Maul doing when there's some sort of conflict between all of the criminal organizations. Mm. So I can see that. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, in their wrap-up article, they talked about how this was, obviously they want <laughs> a second solo, uh, like many of us <laughs> do, but that it was also just a thing about positivity, right? Yeah. And kind exactly. of changing the narrative yeah. of solo. So I, I think that's really cool and that's really effective. And I really personally hope for a Disney Plus because it just doesn't seem like the way they've reconfigured the films mm. that they would, that this is, if, if Sola had done well and everything was rolling forward on they're still doing uh, sagas and standalones, then I think it'd right. be a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Resistance broadcast uh, team, uh, you got John and, and uh, Lacey and uh, Jesse, uh, excuse me, James, Jesse James. That's what, that's why it was in my mind. <laughs> um, we, we got to meet jo- Joseph. We met them at Fe- Celebration yeah. a little bit. They were hanging out on our live event. Great folks, great team. And I, I enjoy the positivity. I, I had a weird... Um, I had a weird, I have to, I was a little grumpy, not at them or anything. I saw it going around and some people included me and I was just like, it's not going to help. And I just, no. and I just didn't get involved. And I, and I saw you tweet something out. Joseph, yeah, and I, I was did. like, yeah, Joseph showing me the better way. <laughs> I just, I just know it's, it's not going to work. And I just got in a weird grumpy space mm-hmm. about it. You know, I think they approached it really well. Cause I, when I first saw it too, I had that push pull of like, ah, it's just, it, it doesn't seem like it's possible right right, but right everything that they approached about it i was able to get on board because it was like a movie would be awesome but if not disney plus disney yeah. plus is this new playground where we can really advocate i think as fans for things and i think in that it's not just we want the second solo film with alden Ehrenreich. i mm-hmm. think it's the mm-hmm. give me an Enfys nest show right give oh, me yeah. a kira crimson dawn colon kira versus mall <laughs> which is my vote <laughs> Give me a Lando show where he yeah. pops, where Han and Chewie pop up in the background. I, I think that the, the whole uh, hashtag and the whole campaign and the whole day, day had that spirit of look at how many cool ideas and threads were introduced in this film. Right. And make something in that happen. Absolutely. And uh, it's so true. Oh, gosh. Infus Nest. Infus and Cassie and Andor, please. Oh, um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, totally agree with what you're saying there. And, uh, yeah, I just got in a weird headspace about it, but uh, that's my problem. That's, uh, I'm glad you're all here to celebrate Star Wars. I'm going to go in my shadow corner. <laughs> yeah, it was neat to see all the fans who really like Solo. That's why I was, at first I was like, oh no, yeah. another another campaign is a petition. No, it was people just sharing how much they enjoy the film and saying these things like you're saying, like, you know, all the different storylines that they'd love to see. So maybe, maybe we'll get something on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Now that Galaxy's Edge is... Almost officially open, I think. Uh, We're getting more information about the logistics of the park. The official Disney Parks blog now has a guide map available so you can see exactly where the attractions and food destinations are in Galaxy's Edge. 
also where Galaxy's Edge is in the park itself, there are a few things that are interesting in looking at this map. So first, there are three entrances into the new 14-acre land. One is off of Fantasyland, one entrance is off of Frontierland, and one is off of Critter Country, which if you go you know, past <laughs> mm-hmm. Splash Mountain, mm-hmm. that area is way over there. Yeah, that used to be like a wall and the parking lot was on the other side, right? That, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. Yeah. So what's also interesting is that the Millennium Falcon ride is more at the center of Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. while the Rise of the Resistance attraction is way off to the side that's closest to Critter Country. Mm. Also, mm. also, Oga's Cantina is directly across from the life-size Millennium Falcon. So if you're bummed about the ride's long line, at least you can easily drown your sorrows with a yub-nub cocktail. <laughs> but it will cost you $42 if you opt to buy the collectible, 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 Co- whatever, the you, collectible? you get it. Yeah, the thing <laughs> that you collect mug with the drink. Yeah. 42 yeah. bucks. Collectible mug. Yeah, yeah, that's how I'm going to be. Mug. That's how I'm going to be saying it after I buy it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, collectible mug. They're not cheap. The cocktails no. apparently are like you know eighteen bucks, which yeah, of I, course they I are. I figure it's so like a West Side Hollywood bar. Exactly okay, great. right oh, on Sunset uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. So the uh, yeah, but I thought that that was interesting about the three entrances. It's a good way to crowd control yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how, I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to crowd control it though. I mean, yeah. you have a bunch of people rushing through critter country. <laughs> it's, it's, they're on two levels now, uh, critter country and fantasy land. <laughs> we believe they're splitting up. Um, it's fa- first of all, it's fascinating. I know you, you obviously know Disneyland inside and out, Jennifer. Um, I, I am the kid at eight would pull the map. We'd go to uh, the Disneyland hotel the night before Aww. my gr- grandparents at the time lived, they still, my grandmother, my grandfather just passed away, lived, live around the corner from Disneyland. So we we'd go there and I get the map and I was like patting. I'd put it down and be like, all right, here's how we're approaching Disneyland tomorrow. And I'd have this plan and it stuck with me my whole life. I'm a little more looser on now. Um, so this is fascinating to me because I'm over that critter, critter country corner is my like breath corner where I just go, oh, there's not a lot of people here. Yep. And I get some fresh air. It's always a little dark and foresty. So, uh, that's no more, but it's a good, that seems like a good flank. Yeah. It's got a flank. Yeah. I think the, uh, relaxing portion is now, uh, California Adventureland, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Across the way. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's where adults are just going to sip wine. God, <laughs> glad Woo. to be uh, Far away from uh, non-Star Wars fan adults, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cool to see the map to see the general scale because it's one thing to read how much larger it is than other lands, but mm-hmm. to see it laid out was really, really cool. It's massive, and they've even taken out. Somebody uh, took a, f- a couple photos of the area by the Mickey statue in front of the in front of the castle, and there used to be like some vendors over there, you know, mm-hmm. popcorn vendor and different things. They've taken those vendors out, God. so it's all just open space to allow for this traffic going into Frontierland because right. then you're going to be going towards Galaxy. You're talking about oh, the wow. Walt and Mickey statue yeah. in the center court uh-huh, there? Uh-huh, the center court. And wow. there's usually like, you know, by the, by the uh, right in front of the castle. Yeah. That, yeah, that little area. There's, there's a lot, lot of turkey legs sold exactly. there. Exactly. Okay, yeah, right, just to get flow going everywhere. Mm-hmm, flow going everywhere. Interesting. Wow, and yeah. not to clog those arteries. <laughs> so uh, obviously they're having this, uh, if you're on social media, the, this weekend they've been having like VIP yes. uh, openings. Do you feel for yourselves that there are spoilers to theme parks? Because I, I found myself, uh, and not, not even like I'm mad about it, but I found myself like wanting to scroll past some people tweeting like, here are the seven best things, here's a hidden thing, and then mm. feeling like, I kind of want to 
go experience it myself. I, I don't uh, disagree with that sentiment. In fact, uh, our uh, friend of the show, Still Saunders, tweeted out, are there theme park spoilers? And someone people <laughs> responded. Mm. I, I think particularly for the rides, which have plot points. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. A weir- and it's a weird time that we've moved to this world. We're now I even know. a brochure on a parking, uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a fantasy land we can, can, can spoil. But yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Think it's so. so it's so weird to go from like Star Tours, from the, their most right. recent revamps, where like, this makes no canonical sense yeah. to... Don't spoil the Millennium Falcon ride for me. Yeah, you know, that's right. in, in only a few years, really. It's so, I mean, even the Batu comic that's out now and everything, you're like, yeah, yeah you, you're like, don't spoil the comic for me. <laughs> Does the shopkeeper survive? Does this comic book spoil this theme park <laughs> ride for me? Yeah. What a weird How do you feel, Jennifer? Uh, you, you're going soon. Yes, mm-hmm. in a few weeks. And do you feel like you want to have as much pre-knowledge as possible or do you want to make discoveries yourself? You know, if I didn't, if I did, wasn't taking my daughter, um, I would not want any any spoilers, any information. I want to experience it and immerse myself in it. Mm-hmm. But because now I'm taking my daughter, lock myself in. She she knows she's going, so I can't back oh, out. Oh no! So now I really have to be like <laughs> plotting. What are we going to be able to do? Because I know she's going to be just you know, uh, it's going to be tough to manage her expectations with my expectations of wanting to go get a walking monkey lizard. Right. So it's like. I appreciated people like Jenny Nicholson, who's like, here's all the merch that you can buy. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to buy this. I'm going to know I'm going to buy that. And I know basically I just want to go to Oga's Cantina. That's the biggest hmm. thing. I want to try some blue milk. And, you know, we'll, then we'll play it by ear. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of helpful. Cool. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's in some ways it does kind of take the magic out of it. I would like to be able to experience it for myself and yeah. wander around like you know, yeah, free time. <laughs> it's just it's a weird it's a it's a weird space we're in, but it's it, yeah. is, it is a concern or a thought that yeah. some people might totally have. makes sense though to to want to, to know that you only have so much time, so you want to mm. be able to research and laser focus. Yeah, yeah, basically, and like the oh the right. the thing that looks really cool are the droid builders. Uh, yeah, people were coming out with BB-8s, uh, different colors. A pur- I saw purple BB-8. Oh yeah, oh, wow. BB unit. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, you can give it. I guess your its own name or something. Okay, cool. I can't wait to have a drink and build a lightsaber. (laughs) Dreams come true. That's how you lose a head. That's wrong. I'll lose so many hands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a major curveball was thrown at fans when BuzzFeed claimed last week that a movie based on the game Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is currently being written by, forgive me, Leda Leata Kalug. Kalogridis, <laughs> sorry for Lucasfilm. According to BuzzFeed, Kalogridis is close to finishing the first script of a potential uh, Knights of the Old Republic trilogy, according to the three, uh, according to their three sources. While this news is yet to be officially confirmed by Disney or Lucasfilm, it is huge news for fans of the role-playing game. It's also a big deal since Kalogridis would be the only the second woman to write a Star Wars film, the first, of course, being Lee Brackett, who co-wrote The Empire Strikes Back. The two questions on everyone's mind, or at least my mind, is, is this script completely separate from Dan and Dave's film films, or if this is a new trilogy, where does this fit within the scheduled film timeline that they just released, announced? Yeah, uh, my instinct is first question this because it's only BuzzFeed. It's only BuzzFeed. Other other um, you know trade magazines have picked it up, but they've only picked it up to say BuzzFeed is saying. Mm. It's not like Variety or Hollywood Reporter has said we have also independently confirmed. So this Aha. is 
one once one outlet claiming three sources. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I tend to think it's probably true, but I think it's just exactly what Kathleen Kennedy was saying is we're exploring things mm. and they're having a script written to see what, if anything, they want to do with it. There are probably multiple scripts being written by multiple people for uh, multiple potential things. Right. I mean, it's not the same because like Marvel had that um, had like that kind of basically program for people to dig through Marvel comics and write things. But this is kind of like somebody reporting back in the day that Nicole Perlman wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. When she wrote the first draft, it was not decided that that was going to be a movie. It was a, let's write things to see, let's get them in script form to see what it feels like. Right. I suspect that it's as far back in the possibility of development as that. That's my guess. I think it's a great guess because the story does say 2018 she was hired, right? right. Around that time? Yes, yeah. spring. And I've heard some rumblings. It's, you're so, it's so funny. BuzzFeed? Nah. But I've heard specifics and people are like, oh, Kate Arthur, I believe her name, who wrote the article. Oh, she's good. Don't, don't, you know, and that's sometimes how the business works. You yeah, know? right. But you're so right. The little thing, no one else is, no one else has this uh-uh. in terms of running with it, in terms of, uh, yep, we confirmed as well, like you just said, Joseph. So I think it's one of those, yeah, think tank kind of thing. Uh, we can talk about the possibilities of it, what it means. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, um, so I'm having a, a tempered reaction to it of just like, all sounds possible. Yeah. <laughs> it might be one big project. Dan and Dave, she writes, Ryan directs. Who knows? Yeah. Oh my this whole thing to me goes uh, back to Uncle Bob confusion. Uh, yep. Because, you know, if it was just those three dates on the calendar, yeah. um, then uh, things would be more open for interpretation. But now that they've said Benioff and Weiss are doing this. Right. But it's also like they're not renowned directors. They're renowned no. writers. So unless they want to switch hats. Right. I feel like they probably want to write whatever their movie is. Yeah, that would make sense. Unless, yeah, yeah, that would, that whole weird development thing. I mean, you know, uh, I think all of it's. I think all those little rumors that sneak out are usually true from a, from a certain point of view. Yeah, pun in, pun intended there. But you know, I've I've heard rumblings of a, of a Bane script, and you know, yeah. we know about the Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, that's the name of the game, and maybe this snuck on out. It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a great um, that's a great prediction of what this is. It makes a lot more sense. But I do know that I was like, wait, if they're if she's doing the Knights of the Old Republic, then what are Dan and Dave doing? Because that's been the whole speculation that they're tackling that they're tackling the Old Republic. Yeah, yeah, the speculation indeed. But uh, as we say around these books, yeah, and I mean, I, I you know, the, this is uh, she's got a good resume. She's been, done yes. a, a ton of writing, so yeah, uh, I am not it saying that she or her reps necessarily did this. But it is a tactic in Hollywood to leak things that you want to happen. That's why we have Deadpool because Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. leaked things on purpose. So it absolutely, I'm not saying it is, but you always have to keep in mind that that could be a tactic of there might be 15 Star Wars scripts being written. And someone wants this one to happen and knows that fans will go nuts for Knights of the Old Republic. So if you leak it, maybe, you know, maybe you make it so. Right. So right. It, some reason, it just, I'm in the middle of finishing up my Veep rewatch and a friend of mine who works in politics is like, that's the most accurate show for politics. <laughs> and like this, what you're describing is like a Veep episode of Hollywood. This, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting world. Mm. Interesting tactic. Always yeah. a possibility. Always, yeah. Well, so we'll see. We'll see what uh, what leaks come out this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, and, of course, the other big news story was the, uh, for me at least, I'll say a sudden drop of oh, the yes. Vanity Fair yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a, show. A, a hint the day before from, uh, oh, gosh, I forget her name, Joanna. Joanna Robinson? Robinson? Uh, yes, yes, Joanna Robinson. Tweeted out something that was Star Wars. Um, that was the only clue. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, and the then, bam. And we're, we're going to dive into it because it's so big. We have to parse it out and look at it and comb over it like Star Wars fans love to do. But before we do that, we do want to recommend an audio book just for you that we think you should try. Yeah, we are recommending Most Wanted by Ray Carson. Uh, I was inspired to pick that one based on the Make Solo 2 Happen hashtag. That Most Wanted book I think is a great book by itself. And boy, boy, does it uh, really match well with Solo. So I would say go give that one a listen. Absolutely. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash four center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audiobook. I second everything Joseph says about Ray Carson's Most Wanted. So good. Well, Joseph, let's dive into this one. There's a lot here. Vanity Fair, it's become a Star Wars tradition. It is. And this one delivered. Yeah, this is just a ton of information uh, and pictures and emotions. Emotions right there on the (laughs) internet. Uh, So I wanted to start by just asking how you both feel about this tradition. Jennifer has has the Vanity Fair, like, the covers, the images, this kind of big Star Wars reveal been a part of your Star Wars fandom? Um, yeah, I guess so. Rushing out to go buy the hard, the hard copy mm. and seeing. Now I woke up to the news, and all of a sudden I see Finn and Jana on these Orbox, and that was the first image I oh, saw in wow. the morning. I was like, "What? Yeah, what yeah. is this?" Me too. Me too. Oh, so that was gosh. the first one. It was incredible. It was it was thrilling. Um, but yeah, I, I've learned to not read into things as much as I have in previous. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you take a photo at, and extrapolate from it. Yes. Yeah. I'm not doing that this time around. I'm not getting my hopes up of things I want to see or expectations <laughs> I might have. I'm just like, these pictures look cool. The characters look great. Awesome. That's that's all I'm doing. Awesome. Right. And did you, in general, feel like this was an exciting amount of information or did it uh, verge into to more information than you wanted? Was it, was it Star Wars TMI? I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. There was enough teases. Uh, JJ shared a lot, actually, and I, I kind of, I liked his attitude this time around. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna talk about that yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. So I, I thought it was just the right amount for me, at least. Awesome. Yeah, I was in the same boat of like information wise. I thought this was like three bears, just right yeah. for me. Because <laughs> uh, like, we're still getting a lot that's from the Pasana, as we learned the plant was called, which is where it seems like most of the teaser is based on. So mm. it seems like we're still not getting. 
uh, you know, all that information to start connecting dots. Ken, what you've been a big Vanity Fair follower, right? Uh, yeah. In terms of the Star Wars tradition. I mean, uh, behind us here, uh, tucked away on a shelf, is like I think all of the Vanity Fairs at some point or another that I purchased. Uh, uh, going back to uh, Phantom Menace is the one I don't remember. I was also too young for Empire Jedi and yeah. all that stuff. That was the first time, right? Yeah, or at least uh, to that level. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, and I, I look forward to it. And I think I actually think this is. The best one, the article, the reveals, the JJ stuff, um, and even the photos. Yeah, and Annie Leibovitz is, is a Hall of Fame photographer. If there's a Hall of Fame for photography, and she really outdid herself this time. I yeah. love everything here. Yeah, and you, did you feel the same way about uh, the amount of information? I, you know, what's so weird? Uh, I, uh, we 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 always talk here in Force about context. We don't want too much context. Yeah. Uh, like you start putting together the movie in your mind and, and I didn't, this time I just rolled up my sleeves and took a dive in yeah. and feel I got some contacts here and there, but I just, it got me so excited. I, I cared less than say last Jedi was like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. So it'll be interesting to see if JJ in general keeps that lockdown, or mm. if we get closer and closer, we're going to have a big, you know, entertainment right. weekly spread that really does start to get like, okay, well, clearly they're going to meet Zori Bliss on this planet. That mm-hmm. has to be in the second act because blah, blah, blah. Maybe we'll get there, but I'm happy to not be there yet. Yeah. Uh, for me, Vanity Fair, I mostly just remember walking into a uh, baseball card, comic book, and a pornography shop in <laughs> uh, in downtown Minneapolis uh, called Shinders, and that was the first time I ever saw Jar Jar. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it's where I, and it was like you could get newspapers of all kinds. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a great shop. Not there anymore. <laughs> Not there anymore, but I got many things there, and I, including my first peek at Jar Jar Banks. But let's dig into this one. So the covers. I want to start with the covers. Yeah. So we've got the one with Ray and the other one with Kylo. They're both on the planet Pasana, I believe. Kylo is a little closer to the viewer. He is under sort of red, tumultuous clouds, and Rey is a little farther back, uh, and the sun is starting to break through, and the clouds are thinning, and they're both kind of looking off uh, in one another's directions if you put the covers together. And if you put the covers together, the backgrounds match up Mm. with where they are, so it looks like um, Mm -hmm. one continuing issue. Uh, And Joanna Robinson mentioned on Twitter that there was a hidden meaning in the covers Mm -hmm. Uh, and people lost their minds guessing. So (laughs) do either of you have a guess at a hidden meaning in that cover? And when you put those covers together, when you make Mm. the Ray and Kylo into a Raylo cover, the old man magazine poster, Uh, clearly it's a wedding. Um, (laughs) No, I, to me, it it is still their story. Uh, I know Adam driver talks about some other kind of, even a deeper connection, whatever that is. Uh, Raylo jokes aside, I, I, even I'm, I'm fine with that, but I think it's still their story and they're looking towards one common thing. But to me, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the same goal. Yeah. They're kind of look, you can yeah. kind of imagine they're sort of looking at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's a little Palpatine to put in the middle. That'll, yeah. be, the, <laughs> that'll be the meaning. Jennifer, did you feel any hidden meaning looking at those two images together? I mean, the only thing I can think of is that it looks like it might be a sunset with, Kylo and a sunrise with Ray. Yeah. Uh, and other than that, her what really strikes me though is her expression. It's an expression that I feel like we don't often see with Ray in terms of like um, in terms of the media, like in terms of photographs and promotional things. We always see her very like stoic and strong and determined. This there's a softness 
to her brow. Mm. It almost mm-hmm. looks like she's a little, I don't want to say sad. I can't put my mm. finger on what that emotion is that she's conveying. Yeah. yeah. Almost like a sad acceptance, like it's too bad it has to go that way. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's it. Yeah. Yes, right. There is something like resigning herself to something that she's going to have to do that maybe she doesn't want to do. Yeah. Or something that she's seen where she's like disappointed. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting choice. Yeah. My first reaction, uh, and then I scrolled through the comments uh, on uh, Joanna Robinson's uh, tweet and saw that a lot of people had said the same thing, was uh, Ray has the high ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and their, their only response was laughter. So I guess that's not the meaning. I guess she's not going to chop all of Kylo's limbs off. <laughs> so we'll find out what, if anything, that'll be a fun thing to revisit. Uh, so we're going to march through this. There's a lot. What I did is basically march through the big photos, the big images, because there's some great behind-the-scenes setting-up shots, but I wanted to go to the character ones and kind of attach some of the other information that we learned about those specific characters. So let's start with one that kind of got the internet a buzz and was one of my favorites, which is uh, Luke and R2. We got Luke in the Jedi robes that he is uh, wearing in Octu in, in The Last Jedi. Fire's burning behind them. So what, if anything, do you think this means? Ken, do you have, did you have... Thoughts, emotional reactions? Uh, uh, the, the initial motion, emotional reaction is just what an amazing shot. Yeah. And uh, I want hanging on a, fu- a buffer fireplace. <laughs> yeah, I, I tweeted the joke that I wanted to paint a fresco of it on the ceiling of my, <laughs> my home. It's Perfect. powerful. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Uh, it obviously invokes uh, a lot of emotions and then theories and then ideas. Yeah. Um, and that's, we always say speculate responsibly, but, uh, you know, you can't, help but wonder what it means yeah um i do think there i think there's a little bit of a you know bait not bait and switch i, I don't think they're lying but but i just don't there's i don't it's to me it's the most out of context photo yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah i took it as a portrait that this is a journey that yeah. annie Leibowitz has been going on with these characters i don't think mark hamill was on set where she was doing all of the other onset photos. Correct. We've seen little, in, you know, evidence of that. The photo doesn't look like that. So it almost mm. seemed more like, almost like some of the great photos she did for Last Jedi of like Luke yes. and Leia hugging. We didn't see that literal mm. scene. It's really evocative, but I don't yeah. think it's, uh, I don't know if it's hinting towards a literal scene. To, to get even more sweaty, uh, when we, we, we had it on, uh, you know, Collider Jedi Council, we were talking about it, and they had, um, our, our technical, technical director, Adam, put it up on the, the screen. And I, as I was packing up my bag to leave, I just was looking at the photo, and here it is, 60 inches. Yeah. And I was like, R2's not even there. This is, this is a Photoshopped kind of put together. I don't mean Photoshop like she's, you know, running iMovie on yeah. the Mac. But just like, I was like, this isn't. To me, from what we're going to see. Yeah. How did you feel about it, Jennifer? Emotionally and in terms of uh, being a a nerd detective of what it might mean. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually surprised that they put the shot in and I was like, okay, well, they're letting us know that Luke is going to have a presence. Mm -hmm. To me, it looked like it was shot for the last Jedi spread. In fact, some people noted on Twitter that like his hand was Mm -hmm. identical to a photo from that last Jedi spread. So I was like, hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he has oh, a with beard. that brown glove? Yeah, yeah and yeah. he has his beard. We all know that Mark Hamill shaved that immediately. So I feel like this is just kind of recycled from that. Yeah, I but, really do too, yeah. you know, they want to do it for a reason. So if anything, yeah. the reason that I'd be speculating is that maybe 
we are going to get more from that flashback that we've been seeing. Yeah. But instead yeah. of the collapsing well, on the ground, you know. And as far as, you know, Luke's alive and back alive, and right, all that's, right. vi- all that's uh, a viable, uh, you know, fun discussion to have. But I was, someone reposted the Return of the Jedi trailer. On, on YouTube, and it was on Twitter, and I just was watching it because yeah. it's so great, right? Um, the, you forget, Obi-Wan is in there, not a ghost. They yeah. just put the shot up there. Can you imagine, if we had Force <laughs> Center at the time, we'd be like, Obi-Wan has come back. He's alive. People oh. would be so mad. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it's, Luke wasn't the hero. Obi-Wan is going to kick Vader's yeah. ass. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think the only little bit I get from it is maybe putting that image in there with the fire. It does make sense to me that we would get more from the Flash back of the destruction of the Jedi temple that right. that is right. well within the storytelling possibilities of what this movie is. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later. There's a great shot of John Williams scoring and Carrie Fisher is on screen while he's doing mm-hmm. it. So it, it, mm-hmm. it felt to me like we want to remind you that these icons are in the movie and Annie Lee herself has had her own journey with these actors photographing them so mm-hmm. that they wanted to be included for that. Right. It's my uh, take. Uh, how are you feeling about R2 in the movie, though? That uh, that was another big thing. We talked about Mark Hamill, but R2, R2 is nowhere else so far mm-hmm. except in that photo. Mm. One of the complaints I hear the most about the sequel trilogy from people who love the sequel trilogy coming from a good spot is, man, R2's got the, he's got the rough end there. He's yeah. not, you know, he's kind of cast aside. He's asleep for a movie. And I understand that. Because yeah. R2 is such a powerful character. I love R2. Um, I understand it. Uh, I, I, I'm i okay with it probably more than others. But I also do feel as though he is he is so attached to Luke. Yeah. Story-wise. Emotionally. Mm. So uh, maybe that's why I'm okay with it. Like Luke's doing his thing. Yeah, um, okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not that, not that, not that you're, you know, Luke's dead. We got to bury you with him, bury you with him, R2. It's not that, but kind of, maybe. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Do you have any needs or desires for, for R2 in the movie, Jennifer? No, I don't know why. I'm I'm looking at the shiny object, which is BB-8. I'm like, oh, BB-8's going to go on a new adventure. Dio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dio, right, exactly. I just have a feeling he might appear in some shots, maybe. With Leia, I don't know. Yeah, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. but I don't think we're going to get very much of him. Uh, yeah, I'm holding out hope for a little R2 separate mission because R2's yeah. always been kind of a hero. Like, what if he just, you know, goes off by himself and does something really awesome without telling anyone? <laughs> without, like, you know, I've been listening, I know everything, you know, like everything, right. everything. Like, I was recording holograms, videos while. Anakin and Padme were like, I know everything. See, but you're not too off base here. I think I've been watching too much Game of Thrones (laughs) where people go have secret meetings. What if Kylo's having lunch and all of a sudden R2 rolls in and is like, and plays like Anakin? Yeah. Here's who Darth Vader really is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there might be something, and then I'll move on from my my R2 conspiracy theories. Love it. Uh, I like there might be something to this movie where they're going to make sure, even if it's short, that everyone has a moment to shine. I was, you know, rewatching Return of the Jedi, and it's subtle, but like I think, like with that Chewie moment of him getting the ATSD, you know, there's lots of moments of like let each character shine. They do that brilliantly in uh, Star Trek Six, where like all yeah. of the original crew do something cool before, like. So I think there might be an element to that. Anyway, let's move on. So J.J. Abrams with the now fully confirmed, no longer internet rumor, Knights of Ren. So armored, masked wielding axes, clubs, and a big blaster for an arm for one of them. How are we feeling about the Knights of Ren? Jennifer? I love them. 
I love them. I, I just hope that, that we get a lot of them, but not, not too much, obviously. I saw that photo with JJ in that pose, pop locking, and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, America's best dance crew. Oh, yeah. I just want, I mean, I just want them to do something like that. Something. Dance. You want them to do a dance? I want them to do a dance, but they're <laughs> not going to. A dance of death, maybe. They're a not, ballet of violence. I know. Uh, but I want them to look be more than just looking cool. Yeah. I guess is my hope. Okay. You know, I want to see their relationship with Kylo Ren and whether that is strong, whether it's fractured. Um, it, said that it said in the photo, the caption was like, they're Kylo Ren's enforcers of mm. his dark will. Yeah. So, yeah, bring it on. But make make them uh, an integral part of the story, not just like some cool boy band. Yeah. Do you have a sense of who you want them to be? Do you want them to be the other students that Kylo took with him? Do you want them to be Force-sensitive? Do you want them to be part of some Ren cult? I almost see them like a group of misfits that has come that has come together that he <laughs> stumbled upon. It is, would be interesting. It might just it might get too complicated if they're the students, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's very it, to me. It's very interesting if they're the students because <laughs> either they really can't figure out any way to do lightsabers or right. even you know synthetic crystals or anything, mm-hmm. or else Kylo's like, no, only I get a <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> right, exactly. Too <laughs> many questions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I love it. I love the shot, and I I feel I have to clarify more and more because in in the post Last Jedi haze, I at one point was like, hey, you know, I don't need Knights of Ren. I don't need them in the story. All I meant, I, I looking back, maybe I, I said it too grumpy. Uh, I just didn't miss them in eight. The movie ended. I was like, oh yeah, the Knights the Knights of Ren weren't there. But doesn't mean I don't want to know more. Doesn't mean I don't have the question of are they his students? Are they tied to the acolytes of Beyond and yeah. Chuck Wendig's that? Which I I don't think, unfortunately. They are, but I think that actually made sense for me. Um, so, but I'm excited because it's got a good, they got a good look. Uh, yeah, I know the one of the weapons looks like the one in Solo in the background for the Mandalorian yeah. rally armor. Mm. Um, that just to me might be a production designer guy, concept art guy. You you know, maybe so that's connected. I mean, I feel like the production team has been doing cool things like that where yeah. they're like, this is not going to mean anything to the story but we are absolutely gonna have a young reader book that's the history of that axe from mandalorian to (laughs) night of ren you'll you'll have some uh hidalgo line in a visual encyclopedia like this you know yeah it's the same axe um but it's a good find it's not something but so i I am overall excited and how i want them to you know i'm open to it i know there's a little some people feel there was some kind of leak that was redacted about the knights of ren and kylo and their relationship uh, you go into the wilds of Reddit and you go into it a little bit. Well, yeah, here, here's the, uh, maybe you're talking about something different, but just for mm-hmm. clarity in case yeah. we're talking about the same thing. The Vanity Fair article said that Kylo is fighting them in the teaser trailer. And then a, yes. a thousand fans were like, you're confirming that? And then the article was like, oh no, whoops, we got that wrong. Sorry. Yeah. That's we're not confirming that. 100% what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so that's just like, yeah, that's not a deep dark. Like, it, yeah. Vanity Fair has a correction. Yes. At the bottom yeah. of the article now. And then now, in, uh, because this is where we are, now the correction has conspiracy <laughs> theories. Which, which I understand. I understand that maybe they were like, oh no, 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 we didn't mean that. We didn't mean that. Uh, you know, whatever. But uh, I always and the tra- I always thought he was fighting the, what we now know is the Aki Aki in the, in the trailer. So. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, I'll, I'll end my monologue in Knights of Ren. I'm happy we get the information because I do think it's fun. Yeah, I will say very quickly that I'm just thrilled. I agree with you that mm. I, we didn't need them in The Last Jedi. I don't feel like there was room for them, so why not give them some room here 
to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they look cool, and I am planning on buying uh, <laughs> hundreds of action figures of them because they are yeah. classic, just look awesome. Mm-hmm. But I also agree with you, Jennifer. I'm so excited for who they are, and I, I, I would be happy for them to be the other students from Luke's, uh, Luke's school mm-hmm. corrupted. That would have some great rhythms with the Inquisitors being corrupted Jedi. Uh, But I'm also would be really happy if Ren means something in the unknown regions. And the Knights of Ren is a longstanding organization that serves Mm. dark side force users. And that to me would go with the way Snoke said, like, even you, the master of the Knights of Ren. Mm. And like, and why Kylo Ren is is his name. That stuff would be cool to me, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and maybe it'll all be in books, and they'll just look cool in the movie, and I'll be fine with that, too. Speaking of looking cool in a movie, let's talk about <laughs> Carrie Russell playing a roguish character yeah. named Zori Bliss. Uh, I'm just going to stop right there. Zori Bliss, how do you feel about the name? It's I love it. Uh, it's is, funny. It, is it, was it to, is this Captain Phasma flashback? No, 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 Captain Phasma. No, 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 no. Uh, there is a very popular wrestler right now named Alexa Bliss. So Uh, I'm having a tough time separating. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, she's going to be at WrestleMania. Zori Bliss, right? No. Um, so that, that's the only, no, I actually love the name and love the look. Yeah. Do you, do you like the name, Jennifer? It's growing on me. It's okay. It's kind of, it's feminine and it's kind of got a pretty sound to it. Zori Bliss. Yeah. Uh, which is, Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so you're you're working through that. Working. I'm right. working through it. Okay, so here here's the rest of the information. And uh, we were told that she is seen in the thieves' quarter of the snow dusted world, Kijimi. I'm gonna say, uh, uh, because that's how it's spelled. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Might have that wrong. I'll it's back so you up fun to <laughs> not know the proper pronunciation yet. <laughs> and Wendy Ever in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so. I like how much they went through the trouble to call her a roguish character right. and say that she is from the world of thieves and scoundrels and bounty hunter, but they're not straight up calling her a bounty hunter. So uh, what did you think of the look? Who do you think she's going to be? I, I love everything about this. This is a great stylish look at uh, Rocketeer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very art deco, but with lots of energy and movement. Uh, yeah. Very art deco is a great way to describe it. Uh, uh, thieves quarter. I like even that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thief, thieves landing and red dead redemption. Now I'm getting flashbacks there. Um, whether she's going to be straight up bounty hunter or anything and, and, and how big, uh, how much she's connected to either the story in the present day, or if there's anything related to the past or anything, I, I'm so open to, to whatever she's going to bring. Okay, I, you know I really do like Carrie Russell. Yeah, how are you feeling about the the look, Jennifer? I love the look. I guess this is one where I was like, I had to temper my expectations because I was like, Thieves Quarter. Oh, I want to learn more about this. Oh, I love <laughs> this is such a fascinating character. I'm like, get get a hold of yourself. It's probably gonna just be like a scene <laughs> or two, maybe. Maybe we'll get more from the character, but like in her Thieves Quarter area, yeah. we're not gonna learn a lot about it. But I don't think. I think that's that's smart and safe. Yeah, we're used to that by now. Yeah, and then then you ask the question about is you know do we worry about her being Captain Phasma? Yeah, I had not had that real thought until you put it in my brain, and now I'm like, oh darn it! Yeah, yeah. Because that's <sighs> the other question I wanted to ask about this for sure is that after uh, JJ went through what he did with Phasma of yeah. not seeing this awesome actor's face, do you feel like we are for sure? Is this a lesson learned that we're going to see Carrie Russell's face? We better freaking see her face. <laughs> I can't take it. Like, it's the rumor about the Mandalorian. We're not going to see Pedro Pascal's face. I'm just like, what? You hire these fantastically expressive actors and you don't show their face? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
Are, are you with do you, uh, second Jennifer? I I second it. Uh, second it. I am uh, I am not. A, I don't say I'm not expecting, but it depends. I don't see her factoring into the third act. You know what no, I mean? So exactly. maybe not. And it depends. <sighs> Depends on the conversation. Hey, Carrie, old buddy, you want to come play this character and just pop up? You'll have this cool mask because she talks about how her outfit's cool. I, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I would like to see it. I'd like to see the mask come off, like Leia taking the Bausch mask yeah. off. Yeah. Bausch, Bausch, yeah, I feel like since Carrie Russell and Richard E. Grant have really been the new people that they're like, uh, and Naomi Aki. Yes. Um, that I kind of feel like she is definitely in the sort of DJ Lando kind of category of a, a, a new mm-hmm. character who is kind of doesn't have their own arc necessarily, but is moving the other characters mm-hmm. uh, along. And I kind of feel like after watching uh, six seasons of The Americans, that there's no way we're not going to see her face, Good. and there's no way we're not going to see some ass kicking. Good. Because I mean, she is she was trained up on that show mm. and did some awesome action that would be really cool to see in Star Wars. So mm. this might be a, a case of a <laughs> not responsible speculation, but I, I kind of feel like. Uh, given that relationship, we will see that. Mm. Uh, all right, let's move on to Richard E. Grant. Uh, it was revealed he is playing Allegiant General Pride of the First Order. He is pictured with Hux. He's got a First Order outfit, but it's got a little bit more kind of a robe vibe mm. uh, with the way the kind of folds are in the front of it. Um, mm-hmm. There's also uh, just... In- incorrect reporting going around the internet that he is playing <laughs> Hux's father. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah, because uh, when I was putting this together, I was running out of Vanity Fair articles on both my phone and computer yeah. that I was allowed to look at. <laughs> oh, that's right. right. So it's like, uh, uh, other other you know places just picked up this uh, info. And I saw, too, it's like, he's playing Hux's father. And like, the hell he is. <laughs> he is not playing, unless they retcon uh, old Brendel Hux. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... What do you? What are your general reactions to this? And big picture, how do you think an older first order officer will play into the plot? That's a, that's that's the great question there. That's a great question. I, uh, picture wise, I love it. Uh, I'm a Richard E. Grant fanboy. Loved, lo- just loved him for. I remember the first time I really loved him was the player Robert Alvin's the player. <gasps> yeah. Um, excited. This is. This, this does look like a family photo. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And everybody's like, cheekbones, cheekbones. Yeah, cheekbones. Uh, I think it's great. I'm excited. Um, as far as where he fits in. You know, we've been watching. There's some mistakes made. Hawks, now I'm here to clean up your mess. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Jennifer, how do you feel about the look, about the photo? The photo is funny to me because we've been seeing him so happy and ecstatic <laughs> online talking about Barbara Streisand, being a part of Star Wars, and here he is, ooh, looking very solemn and, and menacing. Yeah. But what I think is interesting about this character, what I kind of hope is that maybe he'll get into Hux's ear and kind of be like, you need to deal with this Kylo Ren character. He's a loose cannon. You need to be the leader. Mm. And kind of like manipulating him, Hux, in a way, I think that that could be a really interesting dynamic between the two. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I definitely like there being still some older presence because in the First Order, because then to me that speaks of somebody who still has imperial connections and imperial opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, really neat and interesting. And we also got the information in the article that we are going to learn more about the origins of the First Order. And when mm-hmm. I started thinking about how I thought of Allegiant General Pride, if we have a prominent actor uh, playing a prominent character who was alive during the Empire, served the Empire, 
and then went through the transition. Because again, this is always like, how do you get past information out without doing a Wikipedia article? Mm-hmm. Have it, it has to be a scene with stakes. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he is not going to be somebody who is really clear on the vision that the First Order, the point of the First Order is not to be anything new. It is the return of the Empire. It is mm-hmm. the Empire corrected. And could that even segue into, and the best way to restore the Empire is to actually restore the Emperor as well. So if he could, because I've already had this theory that, man, he'd be good as a creepy mm. Sith dark side cultist type guy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that could be where he is coming from. Of And, and to go along with you, Jennifer, like, we don't even need this Kylo Ren guy. Mm-hmm. We'll just use him to get the Emperor back and truly our vision mm. will be reinstated. As far as wild, wacky theories go, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and maybe he, maybe he pulls out his... Imperial dignitary cap. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Puts yeah. on his hat. Um, I think it's big news that we get to say we're going to find out more about the First Order. Yeah. And it makes me nervous in a way because, uh, you know, we're, we're fans of the character of Ray Sloan here and a lot of the history we've learned. We've earned bits and pieces along the way from novels, resistance, all the kind of stuff. So I want to make sure I will see. We always joke. I don't know if JJ's read the comics. I don't think he has. Um, uh, do, is, is there going to be some brand new information that's going to cause a whole novel need, needed to be written <laughs> to explain why? Maybe that'd be fun. Uh, I would love <clears throat> pride to say, you know, one of our mistakes was to get rid of Ray Sloan and, you know, because she had the, the correct vi- Like, I would, yeah. I do want some answers and I'll be open to whatever they give me, obviously. But I'm, I was, it's the first time in the article I got kind of like nervous. Like, Ooh. oh, oh okay. Here's, here's the way I took it is yeah. he uh, JJ, I believe in this article reiterated what he has said before of like, this is like if the Nazis hiding in uh, Argentina right. actually did successfully remount, you know, mm. and create a, a fourth Reich. Right. Um, so I kind of think it's not going to be anything detailed. I think it's going to be putting that fully on screen because mm-hmm. that is hinted at in The Force Awakens. Right. But it is not as crystal clear as it is in the books and the comics. So you're thinking more of like Lack of a better term, the emotional origins or yeah, purpose and of him making yeah. that that idea really clear that we are the Empire Return, not like a wall of photos like right. of past SNL hosts. <laughs> yeah, here's the people that led the First Order. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. think about it. Like we, as big Star Wars nerds, get into the like, yep, we know that we get the First Order story, but it's yeah. not clear on screen. So I wonder if it's just a matter of making yep. the story that we know is Uber fans from books and comics mm-hmm. clear on the screen through the, pr- the perspective of this character. I think you're right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Better than just exposition. And here's what happened. <laughs> Let me tell you the story, kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, 3PO in the shade. Yeah. Uh, so th- th- it's a lovely photo of 3PO, but I threw this in here because there's some great stuff from Anthony Daniels. He hints that there, that there is a more central role in surprising action from 3PO. <laughs> what do you think 3PO's surprise action is, Jennifer? Uh, nothing. <laughs> she shuts up. <laughs> I mean, I just think like... Shutting up, sir. He's just... Anthony Daniels has been just on this kick lately where he's just being cryptic about everything and teasing. And so um, I'm more curious about the common emblem. Oh, yeah. He said he couldn't say the words common emblem. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a small, silly moment in a scene. Yeah. Uh, Ken? That poster we saw. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where you're heading, right? Yeah, I think oh, it is. Yeah. The poster. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to say it because some people Wait. didn't look at the oh, poster. Shoot. Now I gotta look. Yeah. That poster that leaked, well, it's like a couple weeks before Celebration, right? Right. right. And then a lot of a lot of it was like, mm, maybe. And then maybe. Celebration happened. It's like, oh, yeah. almost everything, everything is 
correct. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it is Mm -hmm. that cryptic moment on the poster. (laughs) Oh, now I have to see. So maybe it's bigger than Uh I... Uh-huh, yeah. I I think it is still, like, I think it is surprising and fun, but a moment, not, like, suddenly... (laughs) <laughs> the movie spends 20 minutes on 3 right, right, Yeah, right, right, right. So I think it is that moment from that poster. Uh, and if not, my wild theory, which is not going to be true, is what if 3PO's memories were restored? Oh, wow. And that's how we got some, uh, some oh, backstory. Oh, uh, well, that is okay. Did you see the, the poster image? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll give you that, Daniels. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we, we'll move on for those of you who want to look at that poster. And those of you who want to go just, what the hell are they talking about? Uh, this is the first image that I saw in the morning. Lando in the Falcon with Poe Dameron, BB-8, Dio, and Chewie. My, it was great to see more Lando. We got to see the blue under his cape. So beautiful. Uh, but how did it feel for you both to see what is kind of a classic Vanity Fair photo of some cast members assembled in the cocktail like right. that? Or cocktail. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's early in the morning on a, uh, on a Monday morning, and I'm already thinking. The cockpit mm-hmm. of the Falcon, the cocktail of the Falcon's a different thing. Uh, but it was cool to see Lando with a new generation. How did it? How did that feel to, to you both? I loved everything about it. I love Lando in the trailer. It still might be my favorite moment of the trailer just because it, it, it just represents pure joy yeah. and, and a lot of things in a lot of ways for that character. I love the solo uh, connection. It's a similar, I think it's it's some similar outfit. Color, definitely yeah, was. Yeah, certainly color. Color scheme, but the shirt's a little different. Um, I, just, I just love it. And, and this is... This is to, I, I would have loved Lando in seven. And it would have been cool if he was in eight, but I still go to what Ryan said. It's like, I just, it's too great of a character to throw him in Canto Bite as a cameo. Or, yeah. You know, him being DJ or the connect. No, uh, he deserves more. And I think he's getting that. I don't, you know, again, he might be, you know, in a few scenes. I don't know. But he is being treated like it's Lando and he's yeah. back. And I love that. Yeah, the old hero who who rejoins the war is yeah. so much better than any room there was for him in yep. 8 to me. Jennifer, how did you feel about this photo? It's really fun. I think that, I mean, I love the costume. I love the color choices that they went with. Um, it, it, to me, it's it, his return is right. They did it in the right timing. I mm-hmm. think we'll get just enough of him, um, of Billy D. And yeah, it's fun. Like I said before, he used to be a regular at the restaurant that I worked at. Oh, right. So it's kind of it's kind of hard for me. Like when I see the original trilogy, because he's so much younger, like that to me is like, that's that's Lando Calrissian. Mm-hmm. But now where I I'm like, oh, it's, it's Billy D. Yeah. Do that order wine at lunch, you know? <laughs> you see that photo and you're, you're like, I'll, I should ask him if he wants Parmesan cheese on that. <laughs> right, exactly. He's kind of become like a, yeah, a familiar face. So it's yeah, funny. Yeah, that it's, is funny. It's funny. Uh, I think the thing that struck me is it was great to see Lando again, you know, but we had that joy in the teaser trailer of Lando mm-hmm. in, the, in the cockpit mm-hmm. of the Falcon. But seeing Lando and Poe together... Again, you know, I think this is a pose photo. I don't know that we'll see them together in the movie. Mm-hmm. But just in this image to see those two generations together and imagine those two just, like, having a charm off. Yeah. You know, like, to see Lando and Poe yeah. uh, together was, was that powerful jolt of the new and the old that I like in Star oh, Wars. Uh, one of the other things that I, uh, ideas from the article that I wanted to throw in here with this photo is it says that we'll learn more about Poe's rise to leadership. Um I had a wild theory based on that. Okay. That we might see a time jump in the movie itself. 
and that maybe that's why they're been a little cagey about the time. Interesting. Uh, I, uh, yeah, that makes some sense. Where, where in your, without getting too many, do you think time jump first act, third act, first act? Yeah. Uh, now this yeah. is, this is a wild theory, but it yeah. could be that the Leia stuff is early on. And then there's a time jump where they have been following her wisdom and, and Leia has passed on within the actual film itself. Mm-hmm. And now it's not just, hey, Poe, someday you really will, but maybe he is technically in charge of the yes. entire resistance. I put some chips down on that bet. Yeah, yeah, it makes some sense. Uh, again, we start looking at context and everything like that, but yeah, Poe's obviously going to be on an adventure. He's going to be leading in the field. He's not a general in a war room, all those yeah. kind of things. He's got the great Indiana, Indiana Poe <laughs> outfit going on, but yeah, that makes some sense to me. So you're thinking almost like a cold open with the Leia stuff then we get the title and then we time jump into further in the future. With yeah. Bo. I mean, we all, we all theorized about cold open for uh, Luke and, and Ray yeah. in last Jedi. So I just, I don't think cold open is something that they're willing to do in the saga films. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I just think that maybe there's the possibility of the first 15, 20 minutes are a year after last Jedi, but uh-huh. then we jump to two years after I see. Uh, the events of Last Jedi, that that kind makes of thing, sense. Uh, could could not be. It could just be that yes, totally, yeah. a, a confirmation that we are absolutely continuing his trajectory from Last Jedi, and it's that that's what's at stake for him is can I lead? Yeah, I agree. With you. I mean, anything could happen, right? Yeah, that's the problem with making theories. But I really, I, I think it's it's an intelligent theory because it just kind of it just knowing some of the limitations with the Leia character going into this, with how you got the footage and where the footage was shot and everything. Um, that makes some sense to me. Yeah, there has to be a, a big time jump because of their their hair. Finn Finn's hair has grown <laughs> out. Poe's hair has kind of grown yes. out. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, there's so, a big time jump. I think yeah. th- somewhere said recently that it was a year. It, this article, I think, I think the Vanity Fair article yeah, said a year. Uh, Boyega said a year a while ago, uh, kind yeah. of maybe right. comment wise. But at, at yeah, absolutely at the episode nine panel, they did not say they a year, were cagey and they played with that time. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to move on to uh, one of the photos that I think was really exciting and really lit up the internet as Finn and Janna on Orbax, uh, this cool, awesome, weird Star Wars horse creatures. Uh, Janna has some sort of space bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm so yeah. excited about this one. Jennifer, you said this was the first one you saw. What did it make you think and feel? Oh, my gosh. This one was one where I was like, I just want this to be a movie or a series on its own. <laughs> and again, my mind started running wild about the possibilities. It's such a striking image where, again, like like you're saying, I, I want it everywhere. I want posters, <laughs> mugs, paintings. I want it all. Um, I love that they've chosen this bow and arrow, which is a more primitive type of weapon. But I'm sure that Janna is amazing, like Katniss with it. Yeah. Um, the Orbox. After Jerry Orbach, who I love, <laughs> bravo, um, yeah. and the fact that they look like yak horses or whatever yeah. with war paint. There's just so much. It's, to me, this was like exciting Star Wars. This was new, and yet it fit in with the Star Wars universe that I love, and that this is, this is what I want for my Star Wars. Um, and then it was like, it's going to be one scene. It's going to be <laughs> really quick. Yeah, but to me, it's just like, I, I, I so uh, agree with what you were saying. To me, it had that Star Wars spirit of the new and the old of it, it seems like with that bow and arrow and that they're riding on beasts of burden like mm-hmm. so many Star Wars images before. But 
But the bow and arrow is an old thing, but it's new to Star Wars. It's going to be some space bow and arrow. Um, and, and obviously the, the fact of, of seeing two black characters oh my together is, is powerful. Yes. Um, and seeing, you know, a black woman in such a cool pose, there is that element to it. Uh, but for me, there's something about the image itself that just felt iconic. It felt, it feels like the classic Han with the blaster up and Chewie with the bow caster up. It mm-hmm. felt like there's going to be posters on the wall of this image, even if it's a fleeting image in the movie itself, but that the image itself has has a kind of power and excitement that reminds me of original Star Wars. Right. Yeah, I'll, I second all that, and, and just the, 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 it's just this, it's this movement in this photo. Yeah. It's just, got so much movement to it. Um, I, I, I still want to, and I try, I'm trying not to lock myself into want, 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 but I still want a big, huge battle, you know? Give me my Star Wars Return of the King battle. Give me my, my Star Wars The Long Night battle. Um, and this gives me a little hope that we got, you know, that's a that's the pretty fierce photo going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're not riding into a party. So <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. yeah. JJ, give me a father air every now and then, but I do love the Orbox because uh, it just immediately I love new creatures yeah. like this showing up. Yeah. And they felt really Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Something about them. Uh, all right. The Akiaki, the natives of Pasana. What do you think the deal? What's their deal? What do you <laughs> think their so culture weird. might be like from that that image? Mm. I was trying to think this uh, going into the show today. Follow me. Maybe like nice versions of the Tuscan Raiders. Does that make sense? Oh. Yeah. Maybe by themselves on this planet. There's definitely have a reclusive vibe yes. of either we are aware of how mm-hmm. the the rest of the technology of the galaxy works and we choose not to be a part of it, or yeah. we've just never left this planet, and this right. is our culture here now. Yes, that's the vibe I got. Yeah. What did yeah. you get, Jennifer? Um, to me, they kind of reminded me of the people that we saw on Jeddah in uh, Rogue mm. One. The, you know, their jewelry, their robes, mm. the walrus-like faces to me. I was like, oh, they seem very wise. They seem like a religious sect mm. of some sort. But then they also, but then the, the more humans, the, the humans that are with them, look like they're nomads. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what's... Mm going on. I don't know if they look particularly friendly, but they look like they know a lot. uh, uh, I'm trying to think if I can make the connection. Um, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. There is uh, the the religious sect, the brothers who protect the cup. Yeah. And they get involved and at first you're like, oh, they're trying to kill Indy. And then they're kind of like, look, we're good guys. I I wonder too if there's something they're protecting or there's, you know, uh, I don't want to look at a photo and try to Guess the whole plot, but that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, you know where they're where. Yeah, they do. Maybe supposed to look fierce, but then there's a reason they're fierce. Right, and we've discovered that. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, I, I got that vibe too of uh, protecting something. But the the biggest thing I get is that this might be a real uh, an, uh, a win for Star Wars and an opportunity to sort of handle the presentation of even in space a native lower technology mm. uh, society and do it with some respect because right, right. you know I, I love star wars but i can also criticize star wars and like yeah there's definitely a little bit of like what are who are the tuscan raiders what are we mm. saying about them right. and you know right. what does that say about other sort of nomadic groups of you right. know culture uh so i just get the vibe that they're going to be very specific and have a viewpoint and that we're going to have that be clear be be part, part of it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, John Williams conducting with Leia on the screen. Uh, was this? I had a really emotional reaction to this photo. Did you? Did you both? It's the hidden gem of all the photos because there's some ones that I'm like, oh, I love the Lando and Luke, and, it, and all of a sudden, like, oh, 
There's Leia on screen in a Star Wars movie still. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. And John Williams is making music for it. Like, yeah. 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 Jennifer, did you have an emotional reaction to that one? I, I didn't allow myself to. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a Fair. great and honest answer. I yeah. did because I is, I know that when I get in that theater, it's going to be almost too much. To, it's going to be overwhelming. And so I found joy in the image. It kind of, it delighted me. And then I was like, ooh, what is this? You know, she's in the jungle and what, what's going on? And, and so how are they going to piece this together? So I went to the more technical aspect of it. That way I didn't bust out in tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> understood, you know? understood. Yeah, for me it was really fun to have that one image that just really reconnected you to the real human journey and just like that Star Wars is this uh, long-spanning story where we can get invested in the story, but then just to see like, yep, John Williams, Twilight of His Years, recording music for a person he has been, you know, writing music for for decades who is no longer with us and just the power of the real human journey within the the fantasy journey of Star Wars is just really all there in that image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so connecting to that photo, we learned that J.J. Uh, Abrams tried to do the scenes with Leia without Billy Lord, assuming that would be maybe more than she wanted to deal with, and Billy Lord requested to be in those scenes. So what, besides the awesome emotional journey of that, what does that tell you? Did that get your mind turning about what does that mean these scenes are like if Billy Lord can or cannot be in them? Uh, it may be, again, he starts thinking, I start thinking maybe too technical of, well, you know, there's probably a lot of what's on the, on the Dakar stuff, you know, so what can, what can you get her to say and everything? And I started getting lost on that. I, 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 I just do like the Bill Lord because she seems at, at Star Wars Celebration Orlando just so strong, standing up there yeah. delivering that message, and she's 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 a really great uh, dynamic performer. I loved her in uh, one of the American Horror Story seasons a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I, I just I think that's great that she's like, no, I want to be there. Yeah, this is important. And yeah, powerful. yeah. Uh, so I haven't thought too much about the character yet. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah, it only made me think that if there was an option of like, well, it, of course it makes sense for your character to be there, but you could also not be there, that mm. I hope that it might be like a little bit of a rousing speech mm-hmm. because it also makes sense of something that she might have uh, performed for The Force Awakens of right. like a little speech from Leia of like, this is what we went through as the rebellion and now it's time for you all to step up and do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that might, you know, if it's a kind of a rousing speech, the resistance. Yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense because I I know the, what was it the line where they said that they're touching, where mm-hmm. where the characters are touching. So that to me was like, well, Leia saying goodbye, mm-hmm. Leia stepping down and basically saying, you got like you're saying, you guys need to lead, Poe needs to lead, et cetera, et cetera, passing the baton. But I like the idea of a rousing speech. It makes probably a little bit more sense. Yeah, but it might, yeah, it might be more, much more of an intimate thing. I mean, that's wild projection or uh, predictions mm. on my part. Right. Uh, yeah. Mm. So excited, excited. Those scenes are there. Uh, let's move on to our last couple things. Uh, Ray and Kylo. I saved all the Ray and Kylo yeah. for the end because yeah. there was a lot. So we got that amazing image of Ray and Kylo battling it out in a big sort of rainstorm on some kind of machinery. A lot of people are thinking that is Death Star wreckage. Mm-hmm. Do you both think that's Death Star wreckage? One vote for me. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jennifer, did you think Death Star wreckage in that image of uh, of Ray and Kylo? I had not, but I'll, I'm sure that I trust you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I think that the problem was is that in the article I couldn't like click on it to make it oh, larger. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I needed. I didn't really see that photo. I think that people were passing around on Twitter. I yeah. need to go back and look at it. 
enlarged. Mm-hmm. So if it is a big climactic lightsaber battle in on the Death Star oh, wreckage, yeah, yeah. again, it, this could be Annie Leibovitz going like, "What can we Photoshop that'll look dynamic?" Mm-hmm. You know. But do we think that this is from later in the movie? Do we think this is third act? Do we think this is second act? I think I think potentially late second act. I don't see it as the big final fight again. It's like, what are you going to reveal in a photo shoot? Uh, right. Sometimes, sometimes we think that, and then it turns out it is. Oh, that's the final shot. The iconic image of <laughs> Kylo's, uh, you know, cross guard lightsaber yeah. coming on in the forest is like, oh yeah, that's from the. Okay, got it. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, that's a great example. Because <laughs> when that teaser, I was like, oh, that's like him going into the forest and discovering something for the first time. No, that was the final fight. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just it just seems I know this is their story, but I think it's beyond just a simple lightsaber fight to dis- decide it. Yeah, and it's so interesting to combine the Vanity Fair article and the teaser trailer. And the teaser trailer really? definitely set you up for all of the themes of it. This is their fight now, but also hey, Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatine. And this had not a whisper of old Sheev, not an image, nothing discussed in the article like we hadn't seen that in the teaser trailer. Like it was a mind trick of forget Palpatine, (laughs) forget Palpatine. It is interesting, huh? Yeah. Very interesting. I'm looking at the photo now. I've enlarged it on my phone. It's definitely the Death Star. (laughs) Yeah. It's a dynamic photo, isn't it? It's a great photo. That must have been tough to film. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure these Mm. actors went through a ton. Uh, So let's uh, go through some of the stuff that was said about Kylo and Rey and see what we feel mm-hmm. so uh it was mentioned that kylo and uh, ray's maybe bond yeah uh, and i think that was kind of referring to their uh, relationship that, that they developed in the last jedi is even deeper than we might know what do you think that means is that just like of course their relationship is going to deepen or do you feel like that's uh, heading toward a reveal it still spins it off into a lot of different possibilities and, and including romance and I, i'm not gonna knock anything off the table yet uh, i just still Go to that interrogation scene in Force Awakens where they're they're more into, intimately aware of each other's fears than anyone else, and I think that that going down that direction. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This art, the article even discusses how villains are always motivated by fear, and the question of what Kylo Ren fears, and what Ray finds out in that interrogation of mm. fearing that he will never be as powerful as Darth Vader, which to me is a great stand-in for fearing he will not live up to all of his idols. Yeah, all of his. Uh, Parental family, family figure, authority yeah, figures, yeah, yeah. yeah, Snoke, Vader, Leia, Han, Luke, all mm-hmm. of them. Chewie, he's not going to live R2. up to Chewie. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to live up to C three PO. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that being his uh, his motivating place. But what did you feel about the idea that their bond might be deeper, Jennifer? It just keeps. I keep going back to what I think JJ has been saying all along: is that they're basically like you have to. They are the same person, but on opposite sides of the spectrum. They are the yin and the yang, and so you have to have the two of them. So what happens if you don't have Kylo? It's just it's really fascinating mm. this, this idea of this bond because to me it seemed pretty clear that the bond was broken because Ray was like, "Uh, uh-uh, mm. I'm done with you." But obviously there's something deeper, and certainly for Kylo, if he feels like he wants to go after her potentially. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I mean that gets really interesting if Ray's just like, "I don't want to do it, deal with this," but my responsibility is is to either bring you to the light or end you. I have to do one of those two things, and I don't want to do either. How do I face this challenge? It's the same challenge that Luke faced with Vader, and what, what's Ray's answer to that question? Right. It's some great Star Wars poetry. I love that. Um, so we, we're also told that Ray's training is almost complete thanks to Luke's sacred books, uh, which I think <laughs> is just really cool because I think that's such great Luke in Return of the Jedi parallels. Of mm-hmm. like Yoda gave him the big picture ideas. He went off and studied. He, he learned from his mistakes, and he grew more powerful. And yeah. I love that idea that Ray's just going to be like, 
yeah, the force, I got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, because Luke pointed me in the right direction. I have all these books. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you, do you both feel that way? That excited to see Ray be masterful, masterful with, uh, you know, some bumps and bruises still along the way to help kind of fully form this character. I can't remember what Daisy said something at the panel. I like that, you know, hey, she's she's there, but, you know, still got some some distance to go. And again, that could speak to a time jump. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, I just love that there's still a challenge. And maybe even she I studied the books. Now I'm out in the real world and I've got to learn some stuff from that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I'm applying my lessons. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Do you like the idea of, of seeing Ray as masterful as Luke was in Return of the Jedi? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I will accept it. I don't need to see her doing any more training or reading those books late night. Mm-hmm. You know, I just accept that she's going to be amazing. But of course, with this character, I think that she does have some not hesitations, but maybe she still is figuring it out. She still is doing doing the schooling on her own in some sense. And so yeah. she still is getting her bearings. She's not a hundred percent confident, but she's she's almost there. Yeah, I, to me it's just sort of that philosophy of the Jedi have power and they need to master it. And great, you're you're so powerful you can, you know, knock a ship out of the sky with your mind. Great. This the big question for Jedi is how are you going to use that? And that's still the conflict for her. Uh, do you think that she's going to be actively training young Jedi? Or is that going to be at stake in the movie at all? I, I don't think so. But I got to admit that that's colored by my, my personal desires. I just don't want to see her training because I just, I, you know, in a story and something else, episode 10, yeah. different. I just want this to be her, Kylo, the big final battle. Her, Kylo, that, the If war. that makes sense, yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if they did it, it would have to be towards the end of the film, I think might be more interesting. Mm-hmm. Or if, like, the resistance is desperate and they need recruits, gather around the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it would be fascinating to me if it was that, because, like, that's what she pitches to Luke in Last Jedi. We, we need you to come back and start the Jedi Order, and that's what Snoke is afraid of. Like, he's the seed of mm-hmm. the Jedi Order. So it'd be fascinating if there was just a scene where she's just kind of walking through resistance recruits and just like anybody, anybody able to lift that? Anybody (laughs) ever do anything weird with their mind that you can't explain? Let me grab you for five seconds. Not like a temple, not like meditation, but just like if anybody here is slightly force sensitive, I'm going to give you some pointers. Okay, I like I like that idea. Go to like the two towers of can you swing this axe? You're in the war. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah I think that would I, be fascinating and different, right? I go yeah. to day one lesson. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's I, no I room that, or energy okay. for that. It feels yeah. like cool. Uh, so, according to sources, according oh. to Vanity Fair, they said according to sources, the film will bring a climax to the conflict of the Jedi in the Sith. <laughs> How do we interpret that? It's really interesting because, according to some sources, I'm just wildly throwing things on the internet. It was very intentional that Kylo wasn't Sith, Snoke yeah. wasn't Sith. We we got the uh, dark Jedi or dark side, dark Force users, yes, but not Sith. So with that cackle and laugh and McDermott back, it just makes all sense uh, that that's that would it would be weird to have Episode Nine settle it all and not have the Sith around. I don't know. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Jennifer, what, what did you take from that, if anything? I feel like someone's playing telephone and maybe interpreted <laughs> 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 got lost in translation. I do feel like it might be more light and dark. Uh, yeah, I feel like this would be his own separate movie. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, but maybe that's how Palpatine factors into it. I yeah. don't know. 
I kind of feel like it, it's got to be the Skywalker's legacy mm. of the light and the dark side of power. They're, they've been powerful light. They've been powerful dark. How can they stop throwing the galaxy into chaos? Right. With their actions. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, so we're going to wrap up with two Abrams quotes. Uh, I pulled the full quotes because I think that there's a tendency to grab parts of them out of context or to maybe not give them the full weight that they should have. Like, this is right. what the co-writer and the director is literally saying. So I think mm-hmm. when we, uh, you know, pontificate, we should listen and believe him. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is, he says, on seven, meaning The Force Awakens, I felt beholden to Star Wars in a way that was interesting. I was doing what, to the best of my ability, I felt Star Wars should be, uh, then the article says. But this uh, time, something changed. Abrams found himself making different choices for the camera angles, the lighting, the story. JJ talking again. It felt slightly more renegade. It felt slightly more like, you know, F it. I'm going to do the thing that feels right because it does, not because it adheres to something. What are your reactions to that? How does it make you feel? Does it make you more excited for Nine? Jennifer? Yeah, it makes me really excited for Nine because I think that he's talking about being uh, adhering to George's vision and what the expectations were when he did of The Force Awakens. He couldn't come out the gate and do something totally crazy or whatever he had, you know, like he had to kind of stick to the script, so to speak. But with Nine, now he's created these characters, he's created this world, now he can really have fun and play, and I think he's going to take risks. I hope he's going to take risks. It seems like he's taking risks. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I like his, I like his attitude. F it. <laughs> I'm I know Star Wars. I am a Star Wars creator. I am a Star Wars fan. Here's a story that I want to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Ken? This is the thing that got me most excited for at nine. Reading it, reading the full context and just seeing what it means. Um, he did a spectacular job with episode seven and Lawrence Kasdan and everyone who produced it and worked on it. It because it is Star Wars is back and it's a Star Wars uh, the big elements that you love and everything, but you no secret we we love Last Jedi here, uh, and one of the reasons is is just Ryan. Just I couldn't predict afterwards, and he did things different, and he took risks. And guess who did that before George Lucas first in mm-hmm. 75, 76, 77 release, and then in the prequels, yeah, where George was like, I'm not keeping to my stuff. And <laughs> as people have been pointing out on the internet more more recently, Empire Strikes Back is a huge risk huge it turns every sequel idea on its head and just goes off in its direction Mm -hmm. you know it introduced you to a a story called star wars it's all about fighting and then had the hero be lectured constantly that fighting's not good and you shouldn't do it right Uh, it was the sequel to star wars uh in empire strikes back so yeah to me there is such great history in star wars of uh it's got these deep mythic underpinnings. It has now these real world underpinnings of these actors and these writers who've, who've walked this path for mm-hmm. decades. It has to have that new, that freshness, that excitement. And it has to has that, have that honesty mm-hmm. that I think comes from the artist going, what intrigues me? Why do I love star Wars? Mm-hmm. I need to put that on the screen and then it won't feel like it is just being produced by the numbers. It's not like mm-hmm. we took poll of what should happen and here's what happens. It's what feels artistically humanly correct yeah yeah and we get we, we, we could joke about it but after seven eh, it's kind of remake a new hope we heard that a lot yeah and last jedi eh, it was too different than star wars that's just how f- response to yeah. things happen so we're not here to wag fingers at that but to have jj go yeah basically to me what i watched eight and went oh okay <laughs> i can go do what i want <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and again uh, uh jennifer to your point 
he created or at least co-created Ray, yeah. Finn, Poe, Kylo Ren. So in, in many ways, he's he's bringing his own ideas home within closing the sequel trilogy. Exactly. All right. Here's our final uh, quote from Abrams in our final part of this main topic. Uh, Abrams says, this trilogy is about this young generation, this new generation having to deal with all the debt that has come before. And it's the sins of the father and it's the wisdom and the accomplishments of those who did great things. But it's also those who committed atrocities and the idea that this group is up against this unspeakable evil. And are they prepared? Are they ready? What have they learned from before? It's less about grandeur. It's a, uh, less about restoring an old age. It's more about preserving a sense of freedom and not being one of the oppressed. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Strong stuff. And I think uh, for uh, Star Wars pontificating, like I said, I feel it's so important to just, that's his vision. That's what mm-hmm. the movie is about. I feel like that's what the sequel trilogy has been about. That's what the teaser trailer is telling us explicitly the hero of the past Luke is saying mm-hmm. we're here we're always here with you but this is your fight so to me this is just like a great reminder of stay focused uh, uh, David Lynch has a, a saying of uh, look at the donut not the hole mm-hmm. of like look at what is truly there not what you might think is missing mm-hmm. there's plenty of fun Star Wars mysteries to find we just did a yeah. long talk well, yeah. with Wild predictions that may or may not be correct. But in terms of the big picture, I think this is just such a clear representation, this and the teaser trailer together, that this film is about this cycle of there's always a big evil to fight. Yeah. You know, Maybe it's going to be literally represented by Palpatine, but this is truly about this new generation saying, this is a fight that you always need to have. We're weighed down by all this baggage, this literal debris of war that we've been walking through for these three movies. Can we handle it? Can we break the cycle? It's, it's, uh, God, this is some of the best stuff here. Uh, reading from the article, from the article, the more interesting thing about The Force Awakens and the success of The Last Jedi, written directed by Ryan Johnson, is how they subtly complicated Lucas's vision. Goes on to say, you know, it wasn't all over when the Ewoks sang and all the stuff we know. And, and I still, that's all powerful because it's, it's next generation, but it isn't just like, that's ah, their story now. It is so tied into what's come before. And it's so wonderfully realistic, but still Star Wars and big fairy tale saga. You know, we, we, one of my, we, we, we overlooked it, but JJ, we didn't know, you know, but JJ split up Han and Leia. They didn't end up happily ever after. And that to me was really intriguing. Yeah. And if you buy into that, you buy into that. If you don't, you don't. And that might, might be why you struggle with a sequel trilogy. That's your right to do so. Um, so it isn't to me just about, oh, we had to cast some younger actors. It's about how do we, yeah, maybe we had to do that. And every every franchise wants to kind of keep the you know the next generation going. But it's like, oh, it's so wonderfully complicated and realistic to me. Yeah. And, and what came before. And Luke, Mark Hamill talking about, you know, the hippies didn't save the world in the 60s like we thought we were going to. Yeah. And that was what Luke was dealing with. Oh, I love it. But the hippies, like to me, this is a weird thing to say yeah. in a Star Wars uh, podcast, yeah. but the hippies won some major battles. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. you know, but that doesn't mean that the yeah. world is perfect now. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way I feel about our, our our old trilogy heroes. They won some major battles and they provided great uh, peace for a long time. But yeah. the cycle goes on. Correct. It does not. It does not negate anything that they did. Yeah. It just builds on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jennifer, how do you feel about this? This quote is just. I love J.J. Abrams. And to me, it just speaks to. There is no room for apathy. You have to pick a side. There needs to be 
a revolution because if not, this is the, the threat, this evil threat, you are not safe from it. No one is safe from it. They are going to oppress you as a matter of life and death. And I think that this younger generation is going to take the risks and do what's necessary. There's going to be a lot of loss. It's going to be very challenging. But I think that they're um, <laughs> angry. You know, they, they, they are, well, maybe, I, maybe I'm reading into this a little bit because I know JJ's uh political <laughs> nature but to me this is like what we're seeing right now with young people and wanting to fight for all the change fighting for climate change fighting for for rights um you know equal rights and so i think that that's gonna kind of maybe make its way into the yeah. film a little bit as star wars has always been very political from Absolutely. the original trilogy yeah and i think that's a really good thing uh to bring up of the it's, it's less about restoring in old age it's more about preserving a sense of freedom not being one of the oppressed the sequel trilogy has wrestled so much with what does the past mean how much of it do you value how much does it weigh you down can you or should you kill it and i do really like that idea that the original trilogy was about restoring the republic right and then we saw in the prequel trilogy like well the republic did have some problems and that's one of the things that like breathes such fresh life to the sequel trilogy to me of like we are looking at the past honestly about the flaws and the victories and it's time for us to decide what is the future building something new entirely new yes. and that is that gives weight to the end of the whole Skywalker saga of what is truly next for the galaxy not as just the past can't save us we can't kill the past it's mm -hmm. always there everything is about the future in what we decide. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The dawn of the fourth age. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting excited. Yeah. This very gonna excited. Be good. Gonna That's be a good. big old long look at, uh, at the vanity fair article and photos, which is so why, much there. Yes. There's just why it's so great to be a star Wars fan. Just a couple Photos of uh, some characters riding some uh, <laughs> space horses uh, can uh, spawn off this wonderful conversation. Thanks, Joseph, for taking us through that. A couple audience questions as we close here. Uh, Josh Sweeney uh, writes, Hello, Force Center. I couldn't be more excited to hear John Williams' final installment of the Skywalker saga. I'm going to certainly miss him, but it, it also gets me excited for future projects. What composers would you like to see join the Star Wars family? I'd personally like to see John Powell, of course, did Solo, return. Uh, Jennifer, music, who you got? Oh, I love John Powell's a great, uh, would be great to see him return. I mean, of course, for Dan and Dave's film. We got to have the Game of Thrones composer, mm -hmm. Ramin. Uh, Juwadi, yeah. Yes. Yeah, amazing. Oh, oh, gosh, I really hope so. He's he's the one I've been pining for, for Star Wars. <laughs> That's my answer, too. I plan to play. Especially, I thought season eight was some of his best work. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Um, I, I love John Powell. Uh, the only other, I, I'm not a huge uh, uh score composer knowledge person me too yeah uh but i do really like uh rupert gregson williams who did the music for both wonder woman and aquaman oh. and i think he's got that same sense of uh mythic scale and and good variety in Love his that. scores and I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention kevin kiner uh, yeah, TV stuff, mm. and a lot of people love his work as as do we here. And could he make that jump to a big Star Wars uh, uh, movie or something? We'd love to see it. 
thanks, Josh Merrick. Jenkinson uh, writes, there's a really silly question I've had rattling around in my head for years. In A New Hope, Luke wants to join the Imperial Academy, but also states he hates the Empire. I'm confused. Uh, Joseph, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I think this is a picture of the horror of the galaxy under the Empire. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he wants to leave and learn more about flying and tactics, he doesn't have a choice. I think the Academy is the only game in town. We know that Biggs went off off to the academy mm. and maybe maybe we could imagine that luke knows like like yeah i can go there and learn some stuff and then i can defect mm-hmm. right. maybe luke is already that much of a rebel at heart yeah but i think it's just sort of like eh, like some things in real life like there are places where you live where like i hate the the mm. cable company and i think they're evil but if i want cable <laughs> that's it that's it yeah, yeah. Right. As a matter of survival, uh, the the academy would p- potentially give him a decent life. It's like if you're an artist, you have to have a day job. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you have to. You may hate it, but you know it'll pay your rent. So that's yeah. why you do it. Bodie Rook at Rogue One. He that was his job. Cargo mm. pilot took it. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's you know and and, and Luke uh, the way he says it, you know. It's not, you know, love love the empire. He's not like he gets it. You know, yeah. he gets what's going on. But yeah, that's his way out. That's his way out. Bigs and tank left. Uh, thank you, Merrick. Uh, Patreon uh, Alden Diaz. Right. So, what are your feelings on the current state of Star Wars marketing? It seems like somewhat varies with the creator in charge. With JJ and Favreau having your opposite approaches in terms of how much they choose to show. Does this bother you, or do you like the different experiences we're having with the different stories? I, complicated. Yeah. Great question, Alden. Uh, complicated uh, answer for me, Jen. You? Yeah, I, I think my only uh, problem is with the Mandalorian panel that happened and the footage that they showed that the rest of us did not see. And it's like, well, why? And it just feels like the Mandalorian stuff is happening as its own separate world and everything else is like the big machine part of the big machinery. I just I hope that going forward that they give the Disney streaming service shows the same kind of treatment of (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm just i'm just laughing because it does have this like pleasing but also weird feeling of like i think john favreau is doing a star wars in his garage (laughs) like just (laughs) the way he's sharing the like (laughs) like here's here's a picture of a jetpack or whatever yeah right yeah uh I mean, I love Ryan Johnson with his photos. Ron Howard did a great job yeah. just getting oh, in there. Yeah. Uh, they all use social media. It just, I sometimes I want maybe more of a unified front from Lucasfilm, Disney himself, and, and that doesn't. It's not a finger point at anybody. We don't know how it works. Who, what twelve emails go to what people <laughs> to what they got to do? You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and I love that uh, that J.J. Abrams uh, has, is not following anyone on Twitter and he tweets once every six <laughs> months and it's really worth it when he does. Yeah, right. yeah. I like those different approaches, but yeah, no, no need to belabor it. I would love, I like the variety in the creators. I would love to see more unified front from, uh, Lucasfilm in general. Absolutely. Final question comes from Kai Thatch in the, Oh, the rise of Skywalker. I'm not used to this. I know. It's the same as the Sith. Yeah. 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 Um, so in the rise of Skywalker, which area of a first order cruiser will Kylo damage out of, Anger, hashtag speculate <laughs> responsibly. Great question. Uh, Joseph, where do you want his anger to go? Yeah, I think I want for once when somebody destroys machinery for it to really matter. I mean, you got, you got <laughs> you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin and turn off the lava shields. Got it on Mustafar. Got it. But I want Kylo to just get mad for a second, hit something on the bridge, and the Star Destroyer immediately starts falling out of the sky. Like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I hit Sorry. something that really matters. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like to lose it on the bridge. Jed? Yeah, I just want his helmet to be repaired and he gets it and then something happens and he gets really mad and he, he smashes, smashes it you. to pieces and whoever repaired is like, oh boy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta repair that. Fix it again. <laughs> I want him to uh, destroy the inside of an elevator and be stuck in the elevator for the second <laughs> act of the film. Hello? Hello. Uh, we'll see. Oh, Kylo. Thank you, Kai, for that question. Thank you, all of you, for your questions. We'll tell you where you can hit us up for those in a second. Power of the Light Side segment. Uh, Joseph, we sent out some requests on Patreon, waiting to get some answers there. Yep, that is the whole story there. I know sometimes people don't get uh, email alerts, so if you're listening and you have time, go check your uh, check your Patreon inboxes. Absolutely. We are about wrapping up here, but here's where you can find us. Reach out, join the conversation, or ask us questions on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. We're on Instagram as well. Facebook page, you can like us there. Uh, website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We have shirts and merchandise available on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, including Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. We have the animated databank brawl and just uploaded, thanks to our patrons, uh, the New Hope commentary. We have of uh, us in video form on a couch watching Star Wars and talking about it. Thanks for those who have already checked it out. And that, again, Joseph, was made possible because of Patreon. That's right. If you want to help us make more commentaries possible, uh, you can do that by visiting us there. We also have a goal of getting some original music for Star Wars Ranked, all sorts of goals and rewards at patreon.com slash center. Absolutely. We got our own stuff we're working on. Jennifer, where are they going to be able to follow your adventures? You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Jennifer Landa. Uh, eventually I'll post back on YouTube youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa Joseph yeah you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw and you can check out my website josephscrimshaw.com for comedy albums uh, comedy book comedy shows in particular if you're in the LA area got a show coming up this week on Friday, the Game Night Variety Show. There'll be a bunch of fun in comedy, and a cat might walk across the stage. So. Oh. I always say I've missed the last few, but they're great fun shows. Oh, thank you again. good time. It's a good time. If you're local, head on out. Plus, you, you know, you get to meet Joseph if you <laughs> uh, You can follow me at Cadnapsuck. That's uh, got all the information about the shows, linked by the book Why We Love Star Wars, information on upcoming shows. Just follow along. Uh, I never know where Mark Ellis takes me for comedy sometimes. Sometimes I don't think I'm going, and then suddenly I find myself in San Francisco. So uh, follow uh, me there for that. Uh, thank you all. Jennifer, we're so happy for your big news. Thank you. Uh, a member of your team. Coming into this world, we'll see you all next week. That was Force Center.